We brought you damn good beer. Now we're bringing you damn good beef. So damn good that you can get Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right, our burgers, the cheeseburger. By the way, I'm told on the down low that we're actually adding a few cheeseburgers, but they're all going to use Wagyu beef in them. I don't want to tease too, anything too hard, but we might be getting my personal favorite cheeseburger in the entire world, a cream cheese and green chili burger unofficially known as the Colorado Burger, the best cheeseburger you can get. I'm told, a little birdie told me that is coming to the DNVR bar, and I will order that 100% of the time I come to this bar. It's my favorite burger. But Wagyu Beef, right now you guys can get the Flake Steak, $9.99, or you can buy three and get one free at checkout when you use promo code DNVR Flank. Of course, Hassle Cattle Company, you can order a lot of different cuts of steaks and burgers, and they put it in a little container, a little like refrigerator, ship it straight to your door. So you just go online, order what you want, and then you can put it in your fridge, freezer, whatever, have it for the week, for the month, or even the entire year. Um, go to Hassle Cattle Company, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off of your order. Or if you use that flank steak, you want to get buy three, get one free, DNVR flank. What's the deal with Team USA? I like it. There's no question mark, Kale. As I, I read that 100% in the Jerry Seinfeld voice. What's the deal with Team USA? What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nugget Studio. Just the 18 today. No scrubs. Yes. Yeah, I get to take shots today. Lots of touches. I, I'll be trying to pass it to guys, you know, that don't know what to do with the ball and give it right back. So like, true. Now I get to take my shots. Nothing worse than when you pass it to the open guy who doesn't know what to do with it. You're like, man, what am I doing here? You, you actually go out of your way and make them a, like a good pass. <laughs> like you're actually exerting more energy by making that pass. You know, it's funny, man. Back So back prior to, say, five years ago, I play in rec leagues. I'd always ask, like, how many guys are going to be there tonight? Because if it was five <laughs> or six, I'm in. If it was seven or eight, I'm like, dude, I'm not. Because I got to sit out. I got to yeah. keep coming out. Now I ask, who, how many guys are going to be there? And if it's seven or eight or fewer, <laughs> I'm like, I can't go, man. No way I can play that many minutes. The idea of knowing that you have to play the full the game. Full game, I, man. And then also your second question: How many timeouts do you get? Like, exactly. You need yeah, to know how so many true. each half, or if it's a full game one. You know the trick: ball goes out of bounds. Dribble it off your foot a long distance. And then you're like, oh, I gotta go go get it. Just walk to get it. So full take a timeout, you gotta take there, catch your breath, you're, just you're good to go. Turnovers just and the to refs like get, get upset and they're like, Come on, man. You're like, sorry, ball bounced, weird, and I'm good. Um guys, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. And tune in to the DNVR bet show because they just hand out nothing but winners. Although I will say, did Andre leave? Did I lose him? Because I will say their big winner that they gave out yesterday, the over 250 or whatever home run, I couldn't see that odds boost. Because apparently, what was it, 4-1? to one? It, was you, four, it was plus 420. I made, like, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just saw the chat of everybody in DNVR bragging about how they doubled their bankrolls in one day off of the home run derby. I couldn't find that one. What makes me upset is that you called out Eric and said, like, show me. Yeah. He goes and shows you live, but then it doesn't come through for you or I. I so we weren't even into it. So then in, like, in, in like retaliation, I decided to not watch the home run derby <laughs> because right? I didn't get the win. Well, you're going to be very good uh, as a co-pilot for our home run derby topic, which will be first. <laughs> I'd be really, really excited for that one. Um, Jokic was in Italy. We've got Michael Porter Jr. dropping little hints about what project he's up to. Dwayne Casey has interesting questions he asks. Mm. The meat of it today, though, guys, is going to be there's some Colorado prospects, some of whom were, or one of whom, today was in Denver today to do a workout with the Denver Nuggets. 
none of whom are really likely to get drafted. Maybe one, maybe McKinley mm. Wright's going to go late second round. But we're going to talk, you know, Dev knows uh, Colorado hoops as, as well, if not better than everybody else on the planet. So we're going to get his perspective on these guys. Um, and we're also going to talk about Team USA who went down. And I have a lot of thoughts about that that I want to kind of talk about. But first, you didn't watch the Home Run Derby. No. No, I've never actually been into it. I think that I just don't have friends that are into baseball enough. Yeah, yeah. So then, like, nobody's ever hyped me up into watching it. Because uh, I do like highlights. I, yeah. I, I watch the highlights of just anything, really. Um, this is how I, I am with hockey. That. I'm like, when I watch it, I like it, and I want to be in it, but I never knew anybody. I literally yeah. never knew anybody that played hockey or watched hockey or did anything with hockey until I was, like, 24. So I had no reference. Yeah, all the people that play baseball that I know – they go and play a different sport, which lets me know they didn't love baseball. <laughs> but then they always go back, like, after that that sport doesn't pan out, like, I should have stuck with baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single time. <laughs> Baseball's fun, man. Baseball was fun growing up. I think it's the best little league sport. I think watching, if I had to go watch, like, a fifth grader sport, baseball is the best one by okay. far. It's, like, super, super fun. But about this uh, this home run derby, yeah. tell me, how, how was it? it <laughs> like, is, is it decent? Is it cool? Is it, it was awesome! <laughs> it was a 10 out of 10 viewing experience, like, sports viewing experience. And I think we should petition to have it in Coors Field every single year. First of all, Andre... The line, 520, was it feet? 520 feet? Or 519.5 feet. Guess how far the longest home run went? 550. 520. They set that line within 0.5 feet. And it went over? And it went over because it went, well, somebody hit, I think Trevor Story had a 518, and then I don't even remember. Was it Alonzo that hit the 520? Soto. Soto, oh, that's right. It was Juan Soto, who, by the way, I was, I kind of felt bad. So Juan Soto, you've heard the name Otani, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The guy, pitcher, hitter, fascinating, taking the baseball world by storm. He's so interesting. Um, he was everybody's favorite. I mean, he's the like the golden boy of this year in baseball. And he was going up against Juan Soto, who, correct me if I'm wrong again, Andre, but why is Juan Soto not more popular? He's only 22 years old. Is there a reason for this? No, he's really popular. He's pretty popular? He's the next guy, but Otani kind of stole his shine. Yeah, that- he kind of took it. That's what I'm saying. So I'm watching this with no, you know, I have no skin in the game here other than mm. like I'm excited about Otani. <laughs> Never really, I don't watch baseball, so I don't really know Juan Soto that well. Juan Soto is awesome. They go in and they have the home run thing and, and they tie. Otani has like, it took him maybe a full minute, like 25 pitches before he hit a first home run. Like he just couldn't <laughs> get it. And then once he got going, it was a rally. They tie, they go to overtime, they tie again. And then it just becomes like sudden death. You get three swings. That's all you get, and he goes three for three with home runs. Also, they have the rules like the dunk contest. Yes, if the ball like goes in and you're stuck, or if you attempt it. For only for this like showdown between the last two. So after they had tied twice, then it goes to like you get you get as many pitches as you want, but once you swing, that's what counts. And he gets three. <laughs> it's called a swing off. Yeah, you get three. Sw- a swing off, and it was three, and it was just dope. It was cool. Um, it was a great event, man. Like it made me think watching that. I saw a lot of people on the timeline coming up with this take, and I kind of agree with them. It might be the single best event in all All Stars. Oh. Even better than sports. like is better than a dunk contest. Dunk contest. First of all, dunk contest to me is no longer the greatest of the NBA. I think the three point shootout has surpassed it. Uh. And the three point shootout is like the home run derby in that it's like, all right, these are the best at doing this. Let's see how many they can make in this time. So, I don't know. Maybe I need to like make that switch <laughs> over or something, or maybe I'm gonna like uh, go back and watch it. 
and see if I could like get into it for next year because I'm telling you, you can. You seem hype about it. I'm so hyped about <laughs> it. It was like a really good viewing uh, uh, viewing thing, and it was funny too watching um, the Korean leagues apparently have a bunt off. So instead of a home run derby, they have a bunt derby where they put little targets on the field and they have to like bunt it into the target. And I thought, dude, awesome. I would 100% watch you, this. You can aim your bunt into like a certain spot. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it be. And I think the NBA should bring something like this back. So they have at All-Star Weekend, they have the... Um, skill challenge? Stupid. It's not, first of all, it doesn't measure any skill. It's yeah. just kind of like a fake race that always ends in guys like shooting heave threes. But I thought you could have like a pass, like you set up a little hula hoop. And you have to like pass it full court to land inside. Like, you know what I mean? Like some kind of target practice passing or this or that that actually tests the skill. Why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would that would be cool. Like now when you look at the skills challenge, it doesn't like favor anybody. Yeah. Just like if you got lucky that day, you That's got lucky that day. Also, like the faster guys, if you like go through with their they have simple passes. Right, like yeah, a, a regular pass, chest pass yeah. that's up close that anyone can do. Yeah. Like, if you guys are going to be uh, professionals, like, do something cool. Do you remember when football had the moving target that you had yes. to throw it into? They should do that with passing, where they give you, like, That's a moving cool. thing, and you have to, yeah, you have to See, pass See, I do like that. the highlights when uh, they're, like, showcasing a quarterback, and he throws it into, yeah. like, a moving, like, window or something like that. Those are all pretty cool. So, yeah, that would be kind of cool. But the home run derby, I'm going to say I still like the three-point contest as much, but, man, last night was a lot of fun, and part of it was just, is baseball back? Is it on? Is it baseball on the comeback? <laughs> I've worried that the NBA is headed the way of MLB, where... 20 years ago was very popular, steroid era, home run era. And then like, it just kind of lost, for no reason, it just kind of lost fans. And now you watch it and it's like baseball, people like baseball, but it doesn't really reach to too many. Last night, I'm a casual baseball person. Like I tuned into this because of Otani and because, you know, it's here in Colorado. And I'm into it and I'm like, I'm, I'm brought back into it. And I'm wondering like, okay, is it coming back? And in what ways, when I talk to a lot of people about the NBA, there's a lot of things that turn people off, and they don't ever say any one thing, but it's kind of like, I don't know, I just stopped watching. I'm yeah. always curious about that. Yeah, like just trying to find – and I think it's like everyone just wants to find something to be upset about. So in true. It. <laughs> um, but with baseball, like I think that it's like started to change. It used to be like huge on the radio um, and things like that. I'm not sure if there's a lot of radio. I don't watch baseball or anything yeah. like that. But I think that like it was – I mean, everybody always calls it like America's pastime. Like right, it's right. all like old, like older people, and I'm not sure if older people are sitting and watching on their right. porch anymore or listening. Right, small, small group of people that still do that every single day. Yeah, yeah. Like, sit there. But I've got an aunt that's that way. Always <laughs> tunes into the baseball games, and I'm always like, man, that's dedication. <laughs> um, Jokic was in Italy. Mm. Jokic was in Italy. Kale, do we have the picture here? We should have just had Andre on the show today because I was going to ask you. This is in Parma. I'm told this is in Parma. Bring it on up. Look at this. He looks happy. He's on vacation. He's in Italy. He's living his best life right now. Um, I do want to point out the guy he's with, red sweatpants with Crocs. What a, what a fit. Oh, man. I don't even know what the weather is outside. Like, he, he, like he <laughs> makes so me question true. what the weather is. Like, Jokic clearly thinks summer. Yeah. The guy in the middle has summer. This guy does not have summer. What I do yeah. enjoy, though, I don't know if Jokic actually knows them or not, but... Like, they all seem to be happy to be here. You know, uh, usually, like, you're wherever in, in right, the star. Right. It's just like, all right, let's just get this over with. But Jokic actually seems, like, pretty happy to be at, at this, even though the guy has an uncomfortable outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> but go back to Jokic, though, because he's got a uh, fit himself here, a fanny pack of sort. I don't even know if we can call this a fanny pack. It's like, um, mm. what, what would we call this? 
A European carry-all. Yeah, yeah, he has a he has a pouch. What do you think's in the bag? <laughs> he kind of looks like a trap. He kind of looks like a tourist here. That if yeah, that's he, he does not look like he's from wherever he's at, which uh, makes sense. He's a tourist. As a, there was a report that he and his friends or uh, travel companions started drinking at seven p.m. and drink drank all the way into the wee hours of the night where they were. There's another photograph. I don't. I didn't send it to Kale, but um. That he was uh, partying at, at a Seven Eleven, whatever the equivalent <laughs> of Seven Eleven is, buying more, buying out the whole supply of beer to keep going at two a.m. That right? that jersey is massive. <laughs> it's like it's bigger than Jokic himself. Like really, like it. It might just be because like it's an offset, but look how big the jersey. That has to be Jokic's jersey. It has to. It has to be a game worn that he wore all the way down <laughs> to Parma for some reason, just to hand out to this guy. Um, anyway, Jokic looks happy. I'm always uh, glad to hear that. We got an update on Curious Mike. I think there's actually a, an official update coming Uh-oh. today. Uh oh. But here we have a uh, a teaser. Let's give. Let's let's hear what the teaser is. We should be able to live in a world where people can, you know, speak their mind, ask questions, and be curious. Um, no one has it all figured out, um, and I just feel like the more we can openly talk about things. And, you know, right or wrong, um, then the better we'll be as a society. We should be. All right. Initial thoughts here. We have a teaser. It sounds like it's a podcast or a YouTube channel or some some kind of show. See, Kale stopped it right there. But I think that there was going to be snaps in the background. This was a poetry <laughs> slam. That, that's what this had to be. Like, he's, he's going to be doing slam. poetry. He's going to bring that back. And he's just going to talk about very, very deep topics i'd be down for some michael porter jr poetry what's the guy's name ventura what's, what's this guy that guy the conspiracy and all that type of okay stuff. that's what he's gonna have to probably be doing with that so Are now you, i'm a little bit worried <laughs> i was gonna ask you if I, you're concerned i am very scared now <laughs> because i wanted it to be a, a hot fire mixtape it is not a hot fire mixtape it looks it sounds like he's gonna just maybe like uh lebron's like the barbershop where he brings on people right, right. to just talk about very very deep stuff i'll be scared of like the guests that he could bring on because it'd be like gilbert arenas and <laughs> wilson chandler and you know like that's scary you see wilson chandler the other day said that he, and when he's in detroit he always gets stopped because people think he's andre drummond <laughs> see that's just like thinking that all super duper tall guys like have to play in the league but even something. physically they're nothing alike yeah they like, don't look drummond alike. is enormous wilson chandler's like slightly taller than me yeah i mean he's, he's still you could you could look at him he also has tattoos everywhere right, you know yeah, he did yeah, some he's a professional yeah, at yeah. something yeah um yeah i don't know like a cool looking dude man I yeah think. He's, super he's got a great cool. look tattoos everywhere like all yeah. through his body but curious curious mike so, someone someone that works for the nuggets should just stop this right now i i really wondered I really wondered, like, what, what the, you know, everybody, teammates, PR, coaching staff is like, oh, my God. Because it's funny. We always hear that athletes, they feel like they're out in front of the media and they don't, whatever we say, you're going to twist. He's, like, leaning into it. Like, you know what? I'm going to take controversial <laughs> topics and I'm going to bring them up, bring them in front. Um, it's tough. And it's funny, too, because he has, he's found himself in the middle of controversy. So you would think maybe he would be, like, we never know what these guys really, what their mm. interaction really is with the public or how they really feel about it. But, you know, he had the Vax thing that yeah. kind of blew up. He had the, uh, we should pray for all people, both the victims and the and, and the police, you know, mm-hmm. we should put, and then everybody didn't like that. So you'd think like, okay, maybe he doesn't want to lean in. It's like, no, 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 I don't mind it. 
<laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> like, no, no, I'm still going to get my point across. Like, yeah. maybe that's just, like, the type of person. Because we already know what type of family he has. They're, like, they're really um, spiritual and... Um, they have a belief, like, and they believe in, like, what they believe in, which I, I think is really awesome. I do believe that once you become part of some type of controversy, stay away from it completely. <laughs> like, that's just, you know, yeah. like, that's anyone. Like, hey, like, and but the thing is, people, like, like judged him both ways. He didn't say something that was completely wrong. He He's really smart about how he plays, like, one side of the fence because there are a lot of people that believe what he believes and then there's people that don't believe what he believes. So he does have backers, which makes it a little bit different than a real controversy. But also if you can offend a huge group, just don't go for it. Just don't go for it. I hope it works. I really find Michael Porter a lot more interesting than I think. Like he has this reputation that's been whittled down to a two dimensional, you know, like, Oh, he's a conspiracy theorist, this or that. And like, I don't know. Maybe we're going to find out a lot more for him, but I do think he's a lot more interesting than what he's given credit for. And he's a lot more, I think, thoughtful and, um, you know, he's just not what people project onto him. That being said, you do a show like this and, you know, you better be very careful because people will really, we're in media. We know this, man. You send out the wrong tweet and people, inter- not even what you said, but people interpret it the wrong way. And all of a sudden that's what you get labeled with. And I just hope he is not necessarily, you're not always in control of how people interpret whatever mm. it is you're trying to say. And he's he's going to be in, it sounds like, walking a fine line. You say that he's like a highly entertaining guy. He's making sure that you know. Like, if he, <laughs> like at the end of Curious Mike, I don't think a lot of people are going to be curious anymore. They're going to know. They're going to know one way or the other. Like, I'm with this guy or I'm really not with this guy. This guy's That's crazy. Uh, last one I have before our first break, Dwayne Casey. So every year when, when get people host um, athletes, yeah, they get together with the front office, sometimes with the coaching staff, different groups, and they like ask them questions about them, and they try to be like CIA interrogators, <laughs> right? They try to like, we're gonna really put you on edge to get to get to know like how you handle different things. And one of the things Dwayne Casey said he asked is, "Do you make your bed in the morning?" Well, first of all, let me ask you, Dev, do you make your bed in the morning? Absolutely, absolutely. But also, you're supposed to say that, you know, <laughs> like when everyone else is there, you're supposed to say that. It's like, hey, do you? Do you shower right daily? yeah yeah of course it's like yeah. uh yeah of course and then you think about it like did i shower daily i think it's one of those things um and also it's your coach and it's also someone that like is like you know he's about rules if you tell him no like there's like there's right. nothing but negativity there's no positive like no i never make my Th- that one's a little telegraphed huh because yeah. sometimes guys would maybe ask you more like uh, something more open-ended that they know depending on what answer you give. But if they ask, like, do you make your bed in the morning? Yeah. Everyone's like, I'm supposed to say yes. Yeah. I have no choice yeah. but to say yes. If I say no, there's only, like, negative thoughts in this next person's It's not life. even that you say yes. You would say, like, oh, I, I can't start my day until I've done 100 <laughs> push-ups and made my bed and read, you know, yeah. two that's chapters a, that's of That's an interview question. And you got to give an interview response. Absolutely, I make my bed. I wake up every single day. I get down. I pray. And then I do my push-ups and I make that bed shower. Do you think that this is a good question for actually, like if people actually answered honestly, do you feel like it would be a good indication of like if this person's a good worker or something? No, no, Me I neither. don't. neither. Because I think it has no correlation on anything. Like I don't think that it, it means that you like follow rules or anything like that. I think that maybe organizational skills, but you can have it in a different way. Right. Like making your bed does not mean that. Do you think Jokic makes his bed in the morning? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I really do not think that Jokic makes this. But also, what does that mean? What type of person does that make him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have no idea. Do um, you think LeBron James makes his bed in the morning? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Some Most of the time, I'll Toughest say yes. Like, who's, who's an NBA player that you know for a fact? Ray Allen is the guy. Because remember Ray Allen, like, grew up military family yeah. and everything. And he was, like, irons every shirt, you know. Whatever. Like, he was very, yeah. very detail-oriented. What, what, who's the, like, most likely Nuggets player to, to, to make the to bed? To make their bed every single one. Oh, we go through the list. Will Barton, I'd say no. Mm-hmm. Monte Morris, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see who else we got on the team. Javel McGee, no chance. <laughs> Maybe doesn't even sleep in a bed. Just like Jamichael uh, Green, I think yes. Yeah, I think he He's would make old his, soul. Paul, Paul Millsap. He <laughs> makes his bed. <laughs> that man makes his bed. I bet. Yeah, I could see Paul Millsap also being a guy. You know how some people sleep. Like I'm a pretty like messy sleeper. So by the time I wake up, sheets, you know, play whatever. You know, some people like they. Nothing moved. They just they lay. Oh yeah, he, he probably lays straight yeah, a certain way every single day. Exactly. With a retainer, he has everything like set up for him. Who do you guys think Faku, makes their bed Faku every makes single his time? Bed. I think Faku, oh. Although Faku always has bed. Yep, head. I was gonna say I nope, don't think he doesn't that, make his I don't bed. Think he makes He's his out. Bed. We stay in a messy. Sometimes game. I'll say sometimes. PJ Dozier. I'll say maybe. I'll say maybe sometimes. I think he makes his bed. Jamal Murray. Is a bed maker. He's a bed maker. I think so. I think that he just like he's he's built on so many values. His dad was like he was on punishment for three months for not making the bed. I that one what time. The comments are saying about these people here. Oh Zeke, Zeke Naji, bed maker. He's oh, he's a, a bed, bed maker. maker. Oh, Definite man. bed maker. <laughs> so funny. And he what? probably changes out his like sheets and stuff like every like two weeks. That's true. Yeah, or, he's like, definitely on top of he like, has a making couple sure of them. always fresh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Vlatko Chanchar. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. He, not a bad he, maker. He, yeah, he's probably like a frat boy. There's no like not a bad like type of maker. Who are we missing? Are we missing anybody? Bobo, <laughs> definitely not a bed no. maker. No, no way, no chance, no chance. He probably has to change. Like he probably he, has two beds. Put I was gonna say too. he has to have a unique bed. There's a site I actually looked into this one time. They make specialty beds because I saw it was like Roy Hibbert has like a 20 foot long bed, and I was thinking this is awesome. Yeah, I, I remember Shaquille O'Neal's bed. Like yeah. it was like the whole room. It was so expensive because I actually looked into it for myself. Of like, can I get like <laughs> a seven or eight foot long bed, like something special? And it was just a little too pricey. So. Important question here: Is Malone a bed maker? A hundred percent, absolutely, absolutely, every single day. I, I I could see Malone even like waking the kids up in the morning with the like, all right, up and at them, make your bed. Like you know, like first thing, <laughs> coming back in, hey inspecting the pillows are they creased properly like okay <laughs> now you can go down and get breakfast that's hilarious um it's <laughs> pretty funny this thing by the way bed like being a morning person whatever i got two kids they're so wildly different like, i have one my oldest she's very much a like her bed is tidy at all times she has 50 stuffed animals and they're all carefully placed on her <laughs> bed in a very specific and then i have another one who has nothing in her room other than like action figure Ma complete mess complete <laughs> absolute complete mess she got things hidden inside the bed and stuff so this is for whatever reason it's like an innate thing we raised them the same way all right let's take a break on the other side we're going to get into this, some of these scouting reports for some of these colorado guys and a bit later talk about team usa really excited to talk about team usa uh to close out today's show but first we're presented by our one of our sponsors today is breckenridge brewery you guys know them they've been a long-term official beer partner here and not just beer guys but celsius if you want some Celsius, some people call them boozies. You can pick all of those up. Uh, you can use the Breck Brew locator where they'll tell you where you can find one, local liquor stores, bars, what have you. 
so you can try everything out. They've got uh, the Mile High City Copper Lager. They've got the Mountain Beach, which is my favorite, especially in the summer. Um, that's a sour beer. Do you drink sour beers? No. The Mountain Beach is good, though. They it, uh, have it here sometimes. It, it, it messes with my taste buds. It does mess uh, with your yeah. taste. It's not something you can like mix around a bunch of different yeah. tastes. It definitely, it, it definitely swallows up every other taste. Um, but Breckenridge Brewery, guys, um, you can also go down to the farmhouse where they have really great food, outdoor seating. Uh, you could do a Breckenridge Brewery tour and get samples. We've actually did that as a company. It was very cool. You can see how they make all the beer, which is interesting. But then the real interesting part is where they bring you to the taps and then they get to try all the secret ones. Not just the ones we always tell you about, but they always have like different things they're experimenting with. So check them out. Breckenridge Brewery. And then, of course, Ball, Ball, our new sponsor. Just like the Denver Nuggets have Ball Arena, we are partnered here with Ball. They've got Ball Aerospace Technologies. Right now they are looking for uh, engineers to fill out uh, certain openings that they have. Ball ASI Aluminum Stewardship Initiative Certificate makes it a leader in the stewardship of aluminum while meeting the highest environmental, ethical, and social standards. I've talked about this before, but you know it used to be Pepsi Center, and Pepsi Company is like a top five polluter, plastic polluter of all, in the world. Ball is like countering all of that, so it really is kind of cool that they went from one extreme to the other with somebody trying to make this sustainable aluminums and recycled aluminums and if you go in to ball arena you know you get those aluminum cups that they're like this is like forever this aluminum lasts forever we yeah. can continue to recycle and reuse these different pieces um so right now you guys want to check out uh in gold and you can check out work at ball online to apply uh for the position at their aluminum plant text golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for gold uh and search for golden that's the search term jobs.ball.com and search for golden and, and you can check out all of the cool offerings that they have right now especially if you're an engineer get a job in golden golden's a cool place too by the way It'd be a good place to work all right Dev, back here on the DMDR Nuggets podcast, want to ask you um, a couple Colorado prospects. We talked the other day about Bay Fall. He's a couple years off, but there's a couple Colorado guys here. Where should we start? McKinley, right? Yeah, we can start with McKinley. Uh, he's the the most likely to to get drafted. Um, this is a this is a backup point guard in the league. This is a player that um, can play in the league, and he's proven that. Like he's in. All of the the NBA private runs, he holds his own. He's known in the NBA circles, including amongst Denver Nuggets players. Yep, Denver Nuggets players know him. Also, Damian Lillard called him out last. Oh, that's right, huh? Um, Like he he's a he's a bull. He really is. He's he's a two way guy that really can do whatever he wants. Really small, but he's he's athletic. He he dunks the ball as a very small guard. I think I'm taller than him. Right, like. The guy, he, he plays the That's right way. That's why he's a second rounder. I mean, if he had, I know this is not a fair thing, because if he had, if he was six foot four, like he would be a top prospect, I imagine, given his speed, his oh, production. Man. He's just so little. That's his that's his job. I really think that he's one of, like, for sure, he's for sure, like, a top three buff for me. Like, I mm. think that he's. Really? For sure. Like, it's it not even close. It would be him. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying who else? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was Chauncey. really, really good. Chauncey, of course. So Chauncey, um, Spencer, did we, and then he got McKinley Wright. Yep. McKinley Wright was a stud, and it was funny this year watching CU because whenever he would go out or they'd get in foul trouble, it was like hopeless. You watch oh that team gosh. and you'd be like, holy crap. And then you're like apart. shocked that a guy like that small and also playing point guard that doesn't have to score every single possession is able to, to change the whole trajectory of the team. Like the whole team was on his back this year, and he already and they like, had good players. He was just the engine, and 
they didn't have like a second engine. Or and he broke like every record for CU, and he also could have came back if he wanted to. So he could have shattered every single record. He was um, the first Pac-12 player to collect 1,600 points, 600 assists, uh, assists and 600 rebounds in his career. Um, and he's one of just six D1 players since 85-86 to record 1,800 points, 600 rebounds, 600 assists. He plays the right way. Right. Um, and also, he, he's a lockdown defender. When you're small like that, they try to put you in the post. They try to attack you in these other like these different ways. They can't do that for him. Strong, fast, creative. Who would you comp him to in the NBA currently? Is there a, a healthy comp for him? Because his shooting is good, but not he's not known as a shooter. Yeah. He's more I, of a, a speedy attacker. Yeah, but he's also not like – he's not like – really quick like that's the yeah. like so maybe like a, a high iq type of point guard like i'm not gonna say chris paul but more so in that mode of first off everyone's gonna rally around him mm. and, and play like good he, leader he's he's an exceptional leader like okay. that that cu team should not be winning games <laughs> but true but they have him so it, like no. it changes that um, also, even Batty when he was has good too, they had Batty, but he wasn't like an engine. He was more of yep. like a good and even when they like when he has a bad night, the team still plays well because he's going to make sure that he gives them. Maybe this time is six points, but he has sixteen assists. Maybe he has five rebounds and a couple of steals. So like he he knows how to win games in different ways. He, he's a player, man. Andre, is this coming in hot to you to call McKinley Wright the third best CU guy? Sounds right to you as well. Well, wow, that's high praise. That's high praise. And so why is he going to the second round? Is it just his height? I mean, the NBA is so much about the measurables. That's really what it is. And then also, I think it's more so people don't see him in that same. Like, even though he, like, dominated in the Pac-12, all of your favorite point guards, he destroyed them. Every right, single one right. of them. But when you see him, it's like the eye test. Like, he's he's not big. He's not shooting the ball exceptionally well. Um, and you're just going to keep saying he's small. Until you play against him or if you have to, like, go up against him, then you're going to know that he's a for-real player. NBA players call him a for-real player. Right. Like, they right. know that he's, he's a guy that, that can go at you, and, and he is going to go at you every single time. And he does not back down. Like, if he's going against, you know, the top players, he's going to guard the top player what as you, a small guard. So what about his growth curve? Like, sometimes these small point guards who are, as you said, work so hard and do all this stuff, it's like, okay, have they reached their ceiling? Where do yeah. you think he can like improve as a player? Well, that's I think that's the the biggest like knock on any small player is like is he at his highest like peak? Is this this is this all that we're going to see from him and also does that translate to the next level where guys are faster, where guys are stronger? So like that that is why I wouldn't, you know, pick him up in the second round. I know that he's going to be in the league for a long time if he's not he's going to be a professional player, like there's no doubt yeah. about it. Um but just with the mode of if a team needs like a, uh, right now, he's not going to be a veteran. But like if a team needs a guy that's going to be around for a long time, that's going to run their second unit, that's going to get guys going. This is the guy that they want. Now seeing the team like the Suns and Chris Paul maybe possibly win a championship. You're like, OK, this is a type of guy that I could build around. He's also a defen defensive minded guy. So Chris Paul's a defensive guy. Drew Holiday's a defensive right. guy. So like those type of comparisons like will help him i could see mckinley wright dominating summer league oh. and i could see him dominating the g league too oh you know early on i'm saying he there's like really he's a real player like it's not just like a, a real 
um, Colorado. He went to CU. I think he's a Minnesota guy. But he's not just like a, a Colorado good player. Right, like This right. is a real basketball player at the next level. He's an NBA player. He's going to dominate if he like in the summer league. He will. Jason Preston or him as an NBA prospect? It's not close. It's just not close. McKinley Wright. Absolutely. <laughs> Dev hates Jason Preston. I don't hate Preston. <laughs> I just know if he has to go against NBA guys – He's going to get smoked. Just really slow. Like, it's just, it's, it's not going to be enough for him. Also, he's a bad defender. So, if you have to play against NBA guys as a bad defender, they're going to attack you every single time down. It, may, it makes it look tough. Yeah. He's interesting, man. I mean, he's projected, if you look at a lot of the mock drafts, he's projected like 58th. Wasn't Monte taking 58th, I think, something like that? Yeah. And, and in some ways, he's Monte S. They're different players, but they're the same in that. They've kind of excelled at the level that they are, and the questions people have for them are like questions they can't really answer till they get there. Mm-hmm. With Monte, it's like he never turns it over; he does everything right. But is he too small to be in the NBA? The answer turns out to be no. With McKinley Wright, it's kind of the same thing. Like, what more can he prove in college? But now he just has to go to the next level and prove it. That that's a really good comparison. That I really didn't think about. Now <laughs> I'm not sure why. Well, yeah, they're, Monte, different, they're different stylistically. Yeah, yeah. But he also, I think. And this is, you know, not a knock on Morris. McKinley Wright is a better defender than him. Wow. Like, he's a better defender, but he's also locked in on that, like, part of his game. He's, like, in great shape, you know. Like, he's very, ripped, really chiseled, ripped, strong. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, he's and really he, strong. If he gets put on a guy that's a lot bigger, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great communicator, so he's going to hold his own. But he's screaming for his guy to come, and then he's going to go find the open guy. But he's going to be able to hold his own for just a second. Um, and then get out to the extra like pieces, but him and Monte Morris, they're they're such great leaders, and they also like they know where guys are going to be, and guys work harder for those type of players. So you you could run right. any unit with them. You could put Monte Morris in the starters; it's going to work. You put him with the backups; it's still going to work. He's that type of player. It's going to be hilarious if the Grand Rapids Gold first season features Marcus Howard and McKinley Wright as your backcourt, just so tiny and you know what, but feisty. It'll make it tough, though, because then you're not going to care about Marcus Howard anymore. You think? Because McKinley wow. Wright is the guy. He's you really, like him more than Marcus Howard. Yes. Listen to Dev. He's one of my favorite players, like, of all time, honestly. Really? And, it's, and it's unbiased. Like, you just watch him play, and you're like, this is the type of guy that I would go to war for. Like, he's wow. he, he does everything well, and he's also a winner, a proven winner. I love it, man. Now you're getting me hyped for this guy. <laughs> now I want McKinley Wright to end up in Denver. I mean – I don't know if Denver would use to buy, would buy a, a second round pick to do this, but there is also a chance he just goes undrafted. And Denver has had good luck. I mean, Marcus Howard. It was sort of. And by the way, people don't realize this: the second round is becoming more of this handshake under the deal, where it's like agents ends up saying like he wants to get drafted at thirty three, but if he doesn't, don't draft him at fifty six. Yeah. Like let him, you know. And I I think something similar even happened with Marcus Howard, where probably could have been taken at the 60th pick or 59th, but he's like, no, I'm going to play for Denver in the summer league, and I already prefer that, and people leave him alone. So um, it's possible then. So it's possible, especially with this Grand Rapids goal, and it would be cool uh, for McKinley Wright to get his start in Denver. I just think that would be a really cool story. All right, who else we got? There's uh, there's also Kobe Ross. We could just start there. Uh, Kobe Ross is an Aurora, Colorado guy. He went to Eagle Crest. where you know he started out as a freshman playing on freshman and he goes to JV then he just oh, makes Oh really? A, he climbed the He okay. makes a huge jump and wins Mr. Basketball for next year from JV for, for back like back to back years like more so like uh swinging 
um, his his so, like sophomore year. He's on varsity. He's not like huge or yeah. a part of it. That's his wild. brother actually was the one that was like the star player his sophomore year. They but won then, like state or something. Didn't they? In his in his senior year, he did win state, and okay. that was like that was a run. That's when I actually got into high school basketball. It was Kobe Ross's senior year where he won it all. The guy like just knows how to win, but also he has a lot of knocks on him about um, defense. Also, athleticism. Like, this is a guy that's dominated uh, the WCC every single year without dunking the basketball. Mm -hmm. You just don't see that often, a guy that's just able to just dominate. But it's also more so in the mode of you put the ball in his hands and he's going to dominate in the pick and roll. Um, not a great shooter, but also, like, he's going to get his shots up. And he, like, got known, Kobe Ross got known because he has dominated Gonzaga. Gonzaga, of course, as we know, they, they're, they're winning every year. They're right. blowing everybody out. Kobe Ross has had some huge games against Gonzaga over the years and has put up some, some huge numbers. Um, he, he makes um, all-American team, um, I mean, all-freshman team for the, the, the tournament, um, or sorry, for his league as a freshman. And from there, he, he's all, like, first team all-WCC. So this guy ha has been proven. Um, and, and he just knows how to get to his spots. He gets to the free throw line a lot. He's like, you know, those guys that like know how to just read a right. foul. He was like the first guy that I had seen that was doing really? that type of stuff. Head whip whenever he wants to get it in the scream. Like that's he's known for that in Colorado. But this is a guy that I know for a fact will play professionally. I'm not sure if it is the, the NBA. He is working out right now and he's. You know, he's doing pretty well as far as the, the teams that he's working out for. But he's but, not predicted to go. Nope, this Would he go guy, back to school? If he, I mean, is that the idea that if he's not drafted or is he for sure? No, I think he's for sure just going to go uh, overseas Try to make route. it, like yeah. Because he, he is a professional. This is a guy that's going to be paid to play basketball. Right. And he's going to play really well if he goes to, like, you know, one of these um, different countries to play because he's a professional. Um, this guy works out. If you see a workout, like, you can see, like, that's the difference, I think, with, with working out with just guys like he he's a professional he works out the right way um takes every single rep seriously at game speed and also like he embraces the things that he's not good at people say that he's not a good defender he's trying to play defense for like the whole summer and it's hard to practice defense yeah, yeah. you know like everybody knows that but he's making sure that every gym he's trying to work out on those type of things he's trying to perfect his craft as far as jump shots um and whatnot and also he's working out with his brother elijah ross now and that's like one of the best trainers in Colorado, and he he's pretty young, um, but but that's a that's a good duo, and I think that he's going to be a professional. You know that's interesting about Pepperdine because it's not a basketball school, and it's in that you know it's with Gonzaga's there, St. Mary's is every now mm -hmm. and then good. But there's not like a ton of good teams, so it's not a basketball conference or a basketball school. But every NBA player goes to LA in the summer, not every, but a lot of them do. And where do they work out? Pepperdine. Those yeah. summer runs at the Pepperdine gym are incredible. You know, you get the KGs, you get all this, and yeah. a lot of those guys that go to Pepperdine hang around, and that's what they do all summer is they get these elite NBA-level workouts. So I'm sure he's gone up against NBA guys plenty of oh, times. for sure. Maybe even more so than your average, like, you know, Utah, University of Utah guy or, yeah. or, or whatever. Yep, and then this last year he put up 20 points a game, 7 assists, 4.7 rebounds. Like, it was a career-high, hmm. like, year for him. But also, yeah, he's in a – hot spot for NBA guys to be out like to be able to play with them and he's held his own against these um NBA players. That's tough when you have to, you know, right. wake up and have to go against all the top guys every right. single day, especially on like your comp like college campus. But 
this is a guy that's proven that he is going to play at the next level. Um, and he's, you know, he's had his four years of college or whatever, and he's been one of the best point guards in the entire country. All right, who's the last guy we got? There's only one uh, more, right? Yep, Chudier Bile. He worked um, out today. He did work out with the Nuggets today. Um, this is a guy that is uh, a DPS grad, Denver Public Schools. Um, he went to Denver South. Then he transferred to Otero um, Junior oh, College. Yeah. So this is a guy that has been to, like, junior colleges um, and, and moved up that route. Um, I want to say he went to... Went to a school after that that he actually went to Georgetown. Okay, but there so was he a, took there was the a, long route. Yeah, to he get to took the long route. Like he's a, he's an older guy. Yeah. Um, as far as just being in the league, I, I mean, just being around for a while. Um, but this is a a guy that didn't see you like match up with Georgetown in the playoffs or in the March Madness this year. Yeah. Like like oh, that yeah. was so he went up against. Yeah, he you. went against. A, uh, went up against <laughs> like lost. the CU guys. Yeah, and they lost. That was one of the the upsets that it could have been, mm. but. He's a slasher. He played really well. He was the reason that, like, Georgetown, like, started making it, like, pretty well. And that's why it was so shocking for him to go, you know, from these schools. He started at Otero um, from Denver Public Schools, first off. I'm not sure if we've ever had um, anybody go to Georgetown from Colorado. I just I, – I mean, maybe that that's way before me. Um, but I just – I've never heard of that before. Um, but then he's a guy that's, like, this is a hometown kid that's playing, against, like, for the Nuggets, and that's – that's got to be cool. That has to be a bucket list item. Um, the guy six seven, right? So yeah, what is six, he, slasher shooter? What he's more it? so a slasher. He, he's a, he's a big guard. Um, he wants to put like have the ball in his hands, but he also knows how to play off of the ball. Aggressive, strong, um, runs well, moves well, um, finishes well at the rim, and he tries to go above the rim. Um, but this is a guy that just plays like with his heart, like his heart. Every single play, he's, he's given his all. Um, and, and you could tell, like, when a guy comes from Otero and works his way up the ranks, this is a hard worker. Right, right. Like, this is yeah. a guy that's going to try to make sure that he comes around. And you go from playing at Otero to playing for Patrick Ewing. Like, that's just – that's different. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited to to know how he, he did with that. And also, if he was to – because, you know, Colorado always has one guy or somebody that, that's been around or that's from their home city. That would be cool to see Trudy play for – yeah, like a, the, the the home team, and right. you even really if get it was a just chance. summerly. I mean, a lot of these guys that worked out today, none of them are projected to be drafted. So you're really looking at guys that would get the summer league invite, most likely, is where it would be. Because even if Denver liked them, they're projected so far. They're none, none of these guys are like 63rd. You know, they're like 90th. If you kind of look at the ranking, they're 80 to 90. So um, all of these guys that were in today are probably more likely summer league guys. Uh, that's cool, man. I like it. And then just we talked about Bayfall last week, but as much as you like. These other two guys, Bay Fall, whole other category of, of prospect. Bay Falls, there's there's a, a very very good college that like well I'm like talking like because you know I have to do the high school world and it's like hey these are like guys that that you could take a look at and he's like is there anybody that could play at this school you know major D one school and I give him the names and he's like all right I take a look at this kid I'm not gonna look at Bay Fall and I'm like oh why he said. There's no way that he goes here. That's a guy that can go straight to the league. If wow. there was no rule, he would be a league. So crazy, man. Like Bayfall, they think is going straight to the league. Yeah, this is that, wild, man. So that's different than, than any of these guys for sure. All right, all righty. <laughs> all right, we'll take our last break. On the other side, we're going to talk about Team USA. I don't know if you knew this, but last night I was slandered on the internet by Australians <laughs> because I had a very factual but disparaging thing to say. I thought I was insulting Team USA. 
Australians thought I was assaulting them. So, all right. Um, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to talk about that as Australians wake up. They're waking up <laughs> right now to the show. But first, I want to tell you guys about Manscaped. Summer is here. Dev, are you ready to unveil your beach body? I absolutely am. <laughs> I'm ready for that. <laughs> right here on the show. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, part of getting your beach body ready is making sure that you are completely ready to go with the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard it here first. The 4.0, the perfect complement to your men's grooming all summer long because they have, uh, you know, doesn't, it's not, doesn't nick you up. It doesn't do anything, anything crazy. It gets you, it, it performs exactly the way you want without uh, any of the other, you know, it, having to worry about cutting yourself or anything like that. They've also got the Crop Preserver Deodorant, Crop Re Reviver Toner. They've got Boxer Briefs, the Travel Bag, all kinds of cool stuff going on. You want to check out manscaped.com and you can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. That's promo code DNVR at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, all summer long. So escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. What else do we have on the docket today? DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's my favorite sportsbook app because I get to win money on the... the it was funny, a while back I said, you know, the odds boosts, they're starting to get a little bit tough. Like, I don't know, is, is this an odds boost that's maybe a little bit of a sucker bet? Lately, the odds boosts have been like, no, man, these are can't-miss deals. And, and so you're back in the money-making period. Um... DraftKings is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $150 in site credits. You pick either basketball team that's still in contention. There's only two left. Tomorrow, who would you pick? If you were going to put $1 down, if you're a new user, who would it be? I think Bucks. Man, I, I was going to say Suns. You're saying Bucks? <laughs> Bucks, say Bucks look really good, man. They look. And Giannis a healthy Giannis just changes everything. Man, I'm, I didn't know who I was rooting for until I was watching that last game, and I was like, man, I'm rooting for the Bucks." I didn't realize <laughs> I was, but I am. I'm rooting for the Bucks. All right, Dev tells you put $1 around, and you can win $150 if the Bucks win. That's all it is. You don't need to worry about who's favored, who's not favored. Um, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up, and then you get that deal. Turn $1 into $150 if you bet on either team. Uh, maybe must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Last one here. Tell you about Solace Meds right down the street from us. They got four locations: one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, off uh, uh, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar right here east on Colfax. And they've got all kinds of great deals. Always always have great deals going on, like different daily deals and weekly deals. But they've got every type of uh, edible, drinkable, uh, pre-roll, or you can just buy, of course, some flour. Whatever it is that you're looking for, they've got deals on all of it. And if you head into their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the promo code DNVR20. Just mention it to them. They're going to be pumped. You wear some DNVR gear in there, they're going to be even more pumped. Maybe they'll hook you up as they did our own um, super producer, Kale, just because they're going to be so excited to see you. So uh, go in there, drop by, and drop DNVR20. It's almost like you go into Solace Meds. It's like, let them know you know somebody. You say, hey, man, I, DNVR, man, those, those are my homies. They're like, there are homies too. And then they're going to hook it up. So use DNVR20. They also, the cool thing about Solace Meds, and I don't think every dispensary is doing this, you can order online, S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com, and then you just go in and pick up your purchase. So you don't have to wait in line. You don't have to sit there. You just say, hey, here's what I want. Boom. Then you swing by. And don't forget, even if you do that, use promo code DNVR20 at checkout. You get 20% off your order. 
All right, final segment here on the DNBR Nuggets podcast. Just me and Superstar Dev today, the starting starting two. And Team USA lost to Nigeria over the weekend. We talked about it briefly yesterday, mm-hmm. but it was kind of wild. Nigeria, by the way, awesome. Mike Brown's coaching them. They've got actual NBA talent on there, lower-level NBA talent, but they've got some guys. But then they go in and play uh, Argentina, and they smoke them. Blow them out. Blow them out. Maybe Nigeria is maybe that wasn't such a bad loss, although it was a bad loss when you pair it with them losing Team USA, that is, losing to Australia. They are now 0-2 in friendlies in Las Vegas, by the way. They got home court advantage for these, and they go 0-2. And I gotta say, I'm watching the Derby last night. I have it on record for the game, but I'm flipping back and forth and watching. They didn't look good. <laughs> I'm serious. Team USA did not look good because they've got some good players, but I think that. When Jerry Colangelo took over, way back after 2004, when Team USA you know, lost the gold medal and got kind of got embarrassed in the Olympics, it's like, okay, we're not going to just do the thing where we bring on stars and we assemble a hodgepodge team. We're going to actually build a roster of guys that want to commit to the program long term and guys who fit you know, so everybody takes on a role. Well, here we are, you know, three or four iterations of this later. I guess four or five iterations later, and we're back to the same old thing. Who do you have on the court at the end of the game? A bunch of offensive isolation players who are very talented. <laughs> but then you have to play Draymond Green because you need somebody to be a facilitator, and the team doesn't really have any facilitators. They also don't have any defenders, and they're getting absolutely cooked by who? Patty Mills? <laughs> Patty Mills looked like Steph Curry, prime Steph Curry Man. last night against this group. Like Nobody could guard him. And so my question to you is, is this team? Are we sure this team is a gold medal medalist? They are going to pick up Drew Holiday and I think Chris Middleton too after this. And look, they need a Drew Holiday. They need somebody that can guard. <laughs> but I look at him and I go, Zach Levine, good ISO player, good pick and roll player. Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, these guys are good, but do they fit? I don't think so, man. The the good thing about this is to see how important it is to have those type of guys on your team. So true. Because a lot of guys think that just scoring the basketball. In isolation basketballs, guys could go, go get a bucket is the way like to win right. games. And that's why it's important to have these slashers, to have these playmakers, to have these defenders. You need everybody on these teams. Like if you just like went down like a few players on that USA roster, you just go, give me Kevin Durant, Bradley Bill, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum. We could just go play against Zach Levine. We're gonna go play against the rest of the world. We're gonna win. No. No, these other teams, like you go and you look at like last night, for instance, they have, you know, Patty Mills, they have Joe Ingles, they have um, Matthew Delavid, like it's these guys that are hardworking players, but also they're their pieces. You add them and they come together and that's how you win basketball games. Basketball is, I mean, it seems like it's a simple sport, but also it's simple when everything works together. You can't right. just go. Right. We, we see that with these teams like the Wizards and, and teams like that. You can't just have really good guys and then go win. And they it, don't even have like simple. big bodies. I mean, Bam Adebayo is there and yeah. Draymond Green. But remember, they brought in Kevin Love. And Kevin Love has been a part of Team USA for a while, although I think he like had a bad exit to Team USA several years ago. So the fact that he's back when, one, <laughs> Kevin Love hasn't exactly been a great NBA player for the last couple of years. I think he's still good, but... Like his career is not at a point where you're like, oh, we got to go and add him. But then also, what does he do? Shoot, doesn't defend. And so you bring in some of these weird names that you look at it and you go, man, this is exactly what you said you weren't going to do, which is just assemble a bunch of guys with accolades. And now you get into some of these friendlies. And I'm telling you, when they lost to Nigeria, I thought, you know, bad game. They looked off, but they got to come together. I watched the second one to Australia and I go, 
I don't know, man. Like they, <laughs> I still think that they are talented enough that a little bit more practice time and all this. Like they've only been together a week. Okay, like they're gonna get things together defensively. They're gonna figure some things out. But I also look at it and go, these guys don't complement each other. There's no defenders on the team. There's nobody other than yeah. Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo. There's nobody that you look at and you go, okay, that's a lockdown defender. And I just don't know, man. I, I feel like Team USA is gonna have to relearn a lesson that they learned many years ago. Because they can't just walk over these dudes. And by the way, after the game, Joe Ingles was asked about it. And he's like, look, guys, we came in expecting to win, and we did. And he wasn't just being cocky. It's that these guys don't fear Team USA. Is Matthew Della Vadova better than Zach Levine? And, and No, but he's good enough that he's not afraid of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they, like they just really they play the right way. Um, in USA, like it, it's gotten away from like those type of things. Right now, they're they're complaining about like the physicality and not getting the calls because that's what the game has translated. It's it's transferred over to getting these calls or stepping in front of. And it's gonna man, be weird let's to talk see. about this. Do we have Kale? Didn't I send you a video highlight package of this? Let's take a look at this because it's my favorite thing. It's funny. I don't like. I think the whole like hating America thing. Like I, I'm not that the guy. I'm not yeah, that yeah. guy. But I. I don't necessarily feel like an enormous amount of pride for the Team USA basketball team. But that being said, I don't want to see them do bad unless it brings about the end of this BS. Look at all these different stupid plays that guys were trying to do. That It's funny where these have slowly been called more and more over the last few years that you almost don't notice how slowly it's happening until smack you go to another league, in this case FIBA, and with FIBA officials, and all of a sudden, look at this. This is the most egregious one. This is the Kevin Love pick and pop. Yeah, look at this one. NBA, that's three shots every time. FIBA officials are like, what the hell was that, bro? It's <laughs> <laughs> just all of these little lunges. I think that was the last one. So here's my thought. Team USA trying these early on. They're going to adjust. Like everybody adjusts, you know, as time goes on. But I kind of love that it was so obvious these stupid fouls aren't going to work at the in the Olympics and it should be a wake-up call to the NBA because while I think that the NBA does things that make that bring out talent more where like FIBA has certain rules that I think like lessen the talent gap they make it so that they make it more more parity but I don't necessarily like that I want the best teams to win the flip side of that is that the NBA does some of the stupid stuff that's like hey get rid of this stuff and if it costs them an Olympic run but it brings about changes to the NBA I'm for it the NBA already said that they're going to look into, like, changing those, like, unnatural, like, um, progressions and tricking the ref. That's going to be scary to see next year because a lot of guys are, like, that's what their whole game is based off of, trying to get to the free throw line. At least a large part yeah. of it. And, and especially those guys on that roster. There's a lot yeah. of guys that, like, live at the free throw line or trying to get there, and they're not getting those calls, and now they don't know how to adapt to it. Right. I do think that, like, now, like, being – basically embarrassed in in a way which is not really embarrassing you're playing against some really good teams that are proven that they're good but like when you have these high expectations and you're not living up to those these guys are going to have to like take a long look in the mirror and not now play a little bit better you can't just flip a switch every single time and they're seeing that um so now this is when like you actually have to judge because now like they play against what argentina Right. That's like a must-win game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, both Argentina and two USA and two, so like both teams kind of want to feel good about themselves before they move on. They got to play hard. So um, like now you have to play for real and, and go into this with the like do or die mentality. So now we get to see 
USA like do make adjustments, do play the right way and play a different way. So I'm excited for that. You know who looked good in this game too for Australia? Who I believe it or not, I had no idea that he was even Australian. Was Matisse Seibel? Yeah. He's guarding Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Katie only had 17 points, I think, in this in this game, second time now. And some of this, at least in this game, especially down the stretch, was Seibel, like who really might be one of the best on ball defenders in the NBA right now, as young as he is, he's just so good at like guarding the KDs of the world. And, and it was wild watching him in this one. Just a fearless defender. He yeah. really just does not care. He's going to go at whoever and he's going to go in and, and do what he's there for. And he also does not back down from the top guys. He's going to defend whoever your best player is and win, lose, or draw. He's, he's playing hard. So like, you got to love it. So last night I put out a tweet. I said something like Team USA just lost to a guy that closed with Matthew Delavadova because he did. He closed the game. Matthew Delavadova did. And look, it's just like uh, the Scalabrini thing where he's like, I don't. He's like, I suck relative to NBA guys, but I don't suck relative yeah, to yeah, anybody yeah. else. I'm not saying that Matthew Delavadova is a scrub. But he is not as good as Bradley Beal or Kevin Durant or any of these dudes. And the fact that he was out there like schooling these guys, that is more of an, an indictment on the U.S.'s approach to this team. But maybe even the U.S.'s approach to basketball over recent history with some of the fouls and this or that. And, man, the Australians did not like it. So, Australians, I want to make this very clear. I was not insulting you guys. I was not at all insulting. Matthew Delvedova apparently is like Faku to Australia. Like, they really, he's the real son. They really love him. I oh, bro, they have a movie about him and everything. Uh, there's right? a movie about yeah, Matthew Delvedova? It's called Delhi. There's not a movie about Is this true? Uh, yeah. They were Are you like, joking? Remember when they, like, they made it to the finals? It was pretty big. Kale, can like, you look this up? And see, uh, you look at this up. There's a movie about Delvedova. Yeah, he has a movie. Dude, his shot is so gross. Oh, it's, it's the grossest looking thing ever. But also, like, and it's not to say that he's not a good player because he's proven that. Like, he's, he's an been NBA an, player. Yeah, but he's he not. He's an NBA final starter. But not anymore. Not anymore. That's yeah. like why you can make those type of comments now. Right. Same same goes for the NBA players that's on Team USA. Some of those guys should not be playing. Keldon Johnson is oh, an I NBA know. player, yeah, yeah. but he's not a. Update. Update on Vadova or Delhi. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> convicted of fraud. The producer got convicted of fraud, so never made. Well, there you go. Sounds like a hell of a story. Yeah, that's you really got to come out with the movie now. Uh, you have to come out with the movie. But yeah, like people, like people love Delavadova. I mean, and, and also there's he, he's like he's like the face of he was the face of that for a couple of years of of Australian basketball. He's in the finals. He's winning. Right. Uh, he plays like the right way. He plays extremely hard. Yeah. You have to love it, like the type of player that he is. So here's the, and we can close with this, but this is the thing that I think is kind of interesting is that there is a certain, I think we are in a transitional period in the NBA and with basketball in general. And that is that, look, the dream team in 92 really introduced the game of basketball to the world. And the game back then was obviously nowhere close to where it is now in terms of international competition. We talk about these guys aren't afraid anymore. They haven't been afraid. Mm -hmm. They haven't been afraid since 2004, 5, 6. Like Kobe ends up joining the team and LeBron, and they put together that super team. And I think guy teams were like, okay, these guys are good. but And they still like looked at them as celebrities, but they weren't intimidated. We are t 13 years past the Redeem team. Mm -hmm. 13 years past that. Guys nowadays don't look at NBA players as – gods or this or that they might admire him the same way devin booker admires kobe bryant or this or that they might admire him that way but they don't fear them anymore and more to the point 
we had the interesting Stephen A. comments over the week. He actually has been putting his foot in his mouth quite a bit, a, a little bit recently. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he talked about Milwaukee and Phoenix. I don't want to go there. It's kind of a strange comment, but we have this idea of like Milwaukee and Phoenix aren't where basketball is. Basketball is New York and Los Angeles mm. and, you know, these cities. Um, but then you have the comment about Otani. He doesn't. Is it bad for baseball because he doesn't speak English? And I think the funny implication of that is that baseball needs to sell personality rather than game. And I think it's not true. I don't know. I don't. You you don't really care for baseball, but I do wonder. Like I tuned into the home run derby because of Otani, and I wanted to watch him hit home runs. <laughs> like I didn't care what yeah. he had to say. I don't care if he has like any off court stuff going on that really draws me into the story or narrative. I just want to watch him play baseball, and I'm excited to watch him in the All Star game. And then you had also the comment when he was talking about Nigeria, and this is the one where the Nigerian players really got offended as he was saying, you got guys like named like Caleb Adaga and stuff like this, and he was pretending not to be able to pronounce them. And to me, all of these things play together because we are in a moment of time when the last three NBA MVPs have been foreign-born, two, Giannis two times mm -hmm. in a row, now Nikola Jokic. This is largely an American sport, the NBA, and it's still largely an African-American sport. But the tide has turned in that it is such an NBA uh, international sport now that it's only becoming more and more where the best players are still predominantly from the U.S., but more and more from these other countries. And I feel like there's still a reckoning going on where a lot of analysts and a lot of people are just not realizing where we are at in that process. Yeah, I think that it's his own like uh, implicit bias and it's just like a subtle, like unconscious like comment that you make not like looking at it full circle it comes back to you know how african americans have been treated for so long right. so it was shocking to hear him say it but at the same time it makes him human like i think that a lot of humans are just afraid of change and they've been seeing this change and now that it's here it's like what do we do because this is not what we're used to we're starting to see guys like luka nikola jokic Giannis in his you know in his own way like these these new players that are taking the time um, to be the best in the world, and we're not used to that. I think a right. lot of people are not used to that. So now they're like, what do we do? There's a lot of guys that I never like knew like what their <clears> voice <throat> was. And, and there's people that DeMarco Murray was like good for a long time, and I never knew what he sounded like. Right, you don't right. need to interview <laughs> right. guys to know that they're good at the sport that they're good at. I, you know, I don't care to know that type of stuff. When I was in high school, there's a guy named Jorge Gutierrez. He played yep. in the NBA and stuff like that. He destroyed us speaking a whole different language the entire time right. he had interpreter on the get on the court i don't care what he was saying <laughs> i want to know why this guy is dominating and he's yeah, yeah. so good it does not matter like what they look like it does not matter their race it does not matter anything he's really good at the sport so even speaking about that it shows not the type of person you are because i don't you know i don't think that you you just become racist by making these comments but it's the implicit bias behind it of everything is changing and now we must change to like accept that type of things and that's why Jokic he was not accepted the same way as being the MVP he was not looked at as like this guy put up an incredible year um because it's different it's not what we're used to so we don't know how to react and I think it was interesting because yesterday we talked about assistant coaches and like oh we should get more international coaches and I think one of the things that's interesting about this is the NBA has been a predominantly black sport for 30, 40 years, right? And But it hasn't always reflected that in front office positions and in coaching, and that has been one of the fights over the last, really last decade of people trying to point that out, like how come the players all get to be this but never the coaching staff, this or that? And now maybe, and so I think there's like a natural like, oh, now there's international players, we should bring in international coaches. Like, yo, 
in some way skipping the line because we've been working to, to make it more representative of players and now you're trying to make it more representative because now it's Europeans. So I understand where that's like an interesting like sort of delicate balancing act. But I think that where we are right now is that, I'm sorry, going forward we are going to have more and more superstars who come from Europe and that's just going to be a fact. And I, and I think that we're part of why Jokic is so polarizing as a player, as is Luka, as is Giannis, is in part, and even Rudy Gobert, like because these guys, people are slow to understand that, no, this is the paradigm shift that is happening, and it's happening quicker than you think, and now you can get to a point where Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and all of these guys not just lose, but lose two games in a row yeah. and, and kind of get shown up on their own home court here in, in, in Las Vegas, and that's just the state of the world right now. I still think the U.S. is by far the best at producing talent, but... The gap is just so much smaller, and that's the world we live in. And Stephen A's comments to me are representative. It's funny. Everybody feigned indignation, feigned like, oh, I'm so offended by his comments. Mm. Isn't this what everybody's saying? Isn't the subtext yeah. of what everybody's been saying all this time about Jokic and about Luka and all this other stuff? So you can save me with your false, like, oh, Stephen A said. No, he just said what you guys have all been saying. He just said it on a bigger platform. I'm, I'm glad that you, you brought that up because, I mean, really, you don't want to be the face of saying things like right. that. But it's the same thing that people say just in different ways. The league also, would be bad if Jokic was the star. Like, it's bad for the league. That's saying what the exact right same say thing. That it's bad. Oh, this would be the worst one. You're only saying that because he is foreign, doesn't speak the language the same way or market himself the same way. Like, that, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, Stephen so, A said what so many other people had said in subtext. He just said it, and then everybody acted offended to it. And it's not right. Like regardless, it's not right. It's not right. But he's not alone in that right. like assertion of it all. Um, but also, I just I love that it has like there is a paradigm shift. I do love the fact that the the gap is closing because it's also now given these. We'll go to the Australian game. It's given first off their country like hope and uh, idea of. We're bad, like we're better than you know. What they got we've a lot of players, man. In a long time, we're also really good, and I'm yeah. glad that the rest of the world is starting to see how good we are. Also, they're tuning into the games. We just beat USA. Like, let's all watch these games and root for our country. And I think that that's how it should be because that's how it is in soccer. That's how it is in these other like mainstream international sports. And the NBA is an international sport. Like, that's really big. Also, baseball. They they're from right. like yep. every. every Every single country is pretty much represented, and now everybody's good. You don't see it as you know just straight black and white. It's like this right. is a really good player. This is not a good player, or this is a player that's like starting to become like big. So I love it. I yeah. love it. It's interesting, man. It's I, I, I'm rooting now for Team USA to. I still want them to win, just because I don't. I like rooting for Team USA. I'm not going to be distraught if they don't. But I'm only if they. I only want them to win if they like have to overcome all these BS yeah. fouls they're so used to drawing and play this way. Like, I hope the game, they elevate. There's some kind of, like, growth for USA basketball and even NBA basketball through this. Otherwise, lose. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather root for not my country playing, like, a beautiful brand of basketball than my country jumping forward trying to draw threes and iso-balling every time down. So, anyway, that's that. Dev, it's fun not having the scrubs here to slow us up, man. I'm excited to have him back. I'm not gonna lie. I'm excited to have <laughs> you, him back. You ever play in a league game where like you only have four guys, but you're allowed to play with four? Oh man! And then you, you you win the game against them. They're everybody. So that's what we just did. We pulled off the like <laughs> we're shorthanded. We're still gonna win this game. Yeah, I mean we have like a, we have a very very good three like three person set right now. Me, you, and Kel. 
Like, bring on your three on three. Bring on your three on three. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in with us tomorrow. Brendan Vogt will be back from his long and what looked like incredible vacation. Oh, man. I don't want to hear about it. He's going to be so depressed tomorrow when he has to show up for work after being on the beach sipping Mai Tais all this time. It is a tough one coming back because you got jet lag. You know, you were you're out in the sun the whole time to work here and he's got to look at my ugly mug but we do have the fan vote which I'm told is a banger he filmed this one last mm. week I'm told it's an absolute stunner yes. we're going to draft something you guys can give us your recommendations online what should we draft mock draft tomorrow and then I'm sure we'll talk about a prospect or two or three so it should be a good show see everybody tomorrow the Colorado XOs finished up their season at 5-5. Five and five, A really good start for this brand new team playing against professionals that have been playing for years. If you haven't heard, the Colorado XOs, they are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. The Colorado XOs are athletes who have competed at the highest level in their respective sports who are now converting to be top rugby players. Really cool thing that they've got going on. And by the way... Our rugby podcast with my guy Colton Strickler, the DNVR Rugby Podcast, has been doing a cool series whereby they have different people on from each beat here at DNVR, and they speculate as to which athletes, so if it was the Nuggets, I think they had Brendan vote for that episode, which Nuggets players would be best at rugby. And it was a cool little thought of experiment, not just current uh, Nuggets players, but even going back historically. And, of course, they've been doing that for the Broncos, the Avs, and the Rockies. So you're going to want to check that out, the DNVR Rugby Podcast, again, with my guy Colton Strickler.